Anyway, it's a little bit after nine, so how about if we start? I'll start us off now, and we'll go from there. This is Friday, October 16th. Wow, almost a little more than halfway through October already. Soon be Halloween and then the holidays. Anyway, we're here in the book nook room. Novel ideas, and we're discussing the book The House We Grew Up In by Lisa Jewell. So let's start off as we usually do by going around seeing what everybody thought about the book. Well, I'm going to jump in because I haven't finished it. I've only read about three hours plus. But I am intrigued by this book. I really, really like it. I think I'm going to end up loving it. Because Lorelei is so... That's her name. She's so... She's a hoarder, which we know, of course, from the beginning. And hoarders are always fascinating to me. Um... And the children, well, I, I, I guess I can say that the, um, the suicide of Reese was a shock to me. I just never expected that. And I, I know that there are going to be a lot of other shockers in this book, but this is the kind of novel I really enjoy reading. To me, there's a lot to it. Um, There are not too many characters for me to get confused with, but there were enough so that it makes it interesting. But I don't know about the rest of you, but I get really miffed because we don't know how these names are spelled. Like Bethan or whatever Bethan, whatever her name is. Um, and that's one of the things about text-to-speech is that you can go and see how something is spelled. I also want to say that never have been that crazy about Mayor Trevithin, but I, I really love this reading, her reading of this book, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm quite, um, quite spellbound by it because the characters are so, well... Well, what a messed up family, I must say. I did like the book a lot. I thought it was really interesting, kept my interest, wondering how things were going to turn out. I must say that there really aren't a lot of likable characters in this book. Um, I don't think I really particularly liked anyone, but it was still an interesting book. Yeah, that that's interesting. I I just kept thinking, oh, man, what what a dysfunctional family. Um, you know, who, who put the fun and dysfunctional, um, Laura Lay or whatever her name was, Laura Lay, I think they said it could come out as four syllables or three, depending on how it was pronounced. She was a nuttier than a fruitcake, obviously. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I really liked or disliked anybody um it was just 
you know, and it's kind of an interesting read. It was kind of depressing, but uh, I'm trying to think if, if there was anyone I liked more than anyone else, but I guess I really can't say that, that there was. Uh, I felt sorry for Reese. Um, I thought his, his twin, what the heck was his name? Oh, boy, I forgot his name. Um, he, he was he was okay, but then he turned into kind of a, vag- a vagabond kind of guy who got mixed up with that drug dealer dude. But anyway, um, at least it had a, a now I'm jumping ahead, but at least it had a, a, a good ending. The thing I didn't like about this book, and I wish I had taken the library's uh, notation about it more seriously, I don't like to read a book where the main character is mentally, has mental problems to begin with. Um, I can understand if they give a lot of reasons why a person became a, a hoarder. In fact, I read a wonderful book uh, by Marcia Davenport that was written years ago, and you could understand why it happened in that family, but you're just told she is. And so from my point of view, right there, I don't want to read a book about somebody that has really what I consider serious mental problems right from the beginning. And... Uh, Yes, it, it held my attention, and I read the whole book, and, you know, I would probably give it like a three out of five, but I felt like as we got toward the end, I mean, all these weird things happened to these people, and yet we have this wonderfully contrived happy ending. I hope that isn't a spoiler for you, Joni, but that's the way it ended, and I just thought, you know, this book was kind of, uh and so I, I'm not giving it very many plaudits, I'm, I'm afraid. Well, Jill, you know, I've been thinking about that Marcia Davenport book, My Brother's Keeper. I love that book. And it's really a novelized version of the, um, gosh, the brothers, I can't think of the real name. But it is so well written. I think that maybe, uh, Randy, that that might be a good book to read for novelty, uh, novel ideas. It's a pretty long book, as I remember. I read it many, many years ago. But I think it's back up on Bard. Um, and as I remember, Marcia Davenport read that book. Um, and... It just grabs you. It just really, it, it, it is a fascinating read. Um, oh, I can't think of their, the brother's name. Um, and one of the brothers becomes blind in the book. And it is really, I would recommend it highly. And it might be a very interesting book to read, Randy. It's called My Brother's Keeper. And it's by Marcia Davenport. My uh, feeling about the book, uh, feelings about the book have been expressed by everybody else. Um, She's a good author in that she kept my interest, so even though I didn't like the characters or the story, 
um, I mean, I it, it just got more dysfunctional as time went on. I couldn't believe that um, Colin ended up getting involved with uh, Chelsea or, or whatever Rory's girlfriend's name was. Um, I should remember that because I made it a point of reading the book. I began it, I think, on Tuesday night, and I had a few marathon sessions with it, but I had it on the fast speed, so it went quickly. But I couldn't believe that Colin got involved with his son's girlfriend, particularly because he saw what she was when, when he was driving Colin to the airport uh, and and uh, the girl um, before they, they went uh, to the commune. He... Um, you know, he, he knew exactly what she was, and so I was surprised that he was interested in her in a uh, in a romantic way. If I had to pick a favorite character, I would uh, have picked Vicky because I think she was the most level-headed. I think she truly did love Lori. She cared a lot about Lori's family. She seemed to be the wisest one as far as having the most insight into people's characters. And um, as soon as she found out that Lori had um, had cursed at her, her young daughter, she gave her daughter permission to live with her father, and she called Lori on it. She wasn't willing to put up with that. So if I had to pick a favorite character, I think she would be it. And I just couldn't believe the way... Uh, Again, the the ending was, it, it just wouldn't have ended like that. All of a sudden, um, Meg is not answering the phone, Megan, when Beth is calling her. And then when she sees Beth on the doorstep and Beth is, is pregnant, all of a sudden, you know, let bygones be got bygones. It just, I, I, it was just troubling because nobody, nobody ended up being like they seemed. Every... Every character was flawed in such an extreme way. It was a little, little hard to believe, actually. You're, you're right, Donna. Um, yeah, here comes this fairy tale, fairy tale happy ending. And I was curious as to who um, the father was, uh, you know, Beth's, of Beth's baby coming up. I mean, they, she didn't go into that at all. I mean, with all the detail and everything that had been presented prior to this this ending, um, that there was nothing mentioned about who Beth's baby's father was, and um, and you're right about Vicky also. Uh, now you know now that you mention it, that Vicky was the most level-headed had the most common sense of anybody in this whole entire book and I would have been really ticked off with her if uh you know it took took them a while to move you know out of the out of that horrendous house but at least the the, the three of them you know Vicky and the two girls moved into their own flat and um you know they they got out of the, this horrendous awful place that's what really irritated me about colin is he didn't care enough about his kids to help them get out of the situation he just moved out himself and let them stew in the the messy house at least vicky had the sense to get herself and her kids out Um, i was wondering what you guys thought at one point colin says something about their lives would have been different if reese hadn't killed himself I think they would have turned out exactly the same. I mean, except Reese would have been messed up, too, because Lorelai was already messed up 
before Reese killed himself. I think the only person that that had a major impact on was Rory because he felt guilty and responsible. I think things might have turned out differently for him had Reese lived, but I think the rest of the family would have turned out the same. <laughs> I want to get back to uh, Meg and her pregnancy. <laughs> she said she didn't know who the father was, and that's because she was having these one-night stands with men, men, you know, one man after another. And the author interprets that as she's finally now normal. Well, all I can say is, if that's the author's idea of normal, I would hate to think it would rub off on too many other people. I want to say a word about Meg. I believe that Meg's character was very realistically drawn. She's the oldest sis, the oldest of the siblings, and she is bossy, but uh, that, that often happens with, with the oldest in a family. Um, and she, um, of course, she was trying to disassociate from her mother's way of living by having everything excessively neat. But I, when her mother died, she was the one who was responsible and and came directly to the house and started trying to empty it out and putting things to right. So I think that um, while she wasn't, uh, I don't don't think I liked her as much as I liked Vicky, I think she was a realistic character as well. I agree. Um, I stumbled on this book and when we met last time I had just started it and it had grabbed me because of the way it was written and the, the hoarding but like you said Jill you don't know what caused it you just it seems she was always that way and it was swept under the rug even as a child she had those she had strange ways and nobody ever acknowledged it or did anything about it and of all the characters, yeah, I think Vicky and Meg were probably the most likable, but even, I can't say that I even really liked any of them. And I agree, I think if Reese had lived, they would have all come out just the same. He he probably, something else would have happened to him in the end. Because he was just, he was the one that everybody forgot about. And he was the quiet one. And he was the one, he was very disturbed, I think. And boy, this family epitomizes dysfunctionality. (laughs) They really do. It's just, wow, one thing after another. And I just, the ending was very contrived. It was like she had to end it quickly, and so she decided to make everything right again. Roy came back, and he was still, he was just weird and kind of out there, and Beth, too. So, but yeah, Meg was the one that was always there. And Meg was the one early on who picked up on the hoarding and 
even as a teenager, was trying to get her mother to get rid of dish towels. And she was the one that brought all that up at Easter one year when the neighbors were there, other relatives, or somebody was there. And I remember she was going on about all the dish towels they had. Actually, Meg was the most sane one of of the family. You know, Vicky. You know, she was yeah, well, kind of, sort of a family member because uh, uh, she and Lori were lovers and what have you. But Meg was really the most sane one of the. Uh, um, now I can't remember their last name, <laughs> but anyway, um, but. Uh, What's what? What do you think that about? Do, do you think that? Well, Reese was sort of like, you know, implied that he was sort of a sexual deviant. Do you think? And and I I couldn't I couldn't figure out if it if anything actually happened. But do you think you know on the night before he committed suicide that he and Lori had. Uh, uh, had some sort of a sexual um, encounter? Uh, first, the reason I was here, really, was because I wanted to apologize, because I, I, but I think you all picked it up. Um, it was Beth that I was talking about that was pregnant all the time, and that was supposed to be normal. Um, I didn't think that, though, about uh, Reese and the mother. What I thought was that the mother was completely shocked uh, because he kissed her the way he did and she realized that he had, as you say, really a, a sexual type problem. And I think that when he saw the shock on the mother's face, that that's what tipped him over the edge to cause the suicide. Yeah, I totally agree with Jill. I think what they described was all that happened, which was just a, an inappropriate kiss on Reese's part. Although early in the book, I think they said something about Reese being accused of hanging around a locker room or something like that. But I think you're right. I think that clearly tipped him over the edge. And as far as Beth goes, there's one point in the book where she calls Colin's relationship with Kaylee disgusting. And she has a lot of nerve calling their relationship disgusting when she had this long-term affair with her sister's partner. Is there any possibility that, that, there, that there was any bit of normalcy in this family? I've never seen anything like this. It was just, I was just amazed how dysfunctional this author built this family. It's just amazing. Good grief. And I think maybe, uh, maybe Reese probably was the most fortunate one of the bunch because he escaped it all. <laughs> what a terrible way to go about it, but he escaped it all. My goodness. And it was not one of my favorite books, I've got to tell you. I wouldn't, it, was a, it was a difficult read for me because it wasn't, wasn't something I really enjoyed. But it was, it was interesting, and uh, I'm glad I read it, of course. But, uh, oh, boy, everybody was dysfunctional. Everybody. And it was just amazing how, as I said, how, how, the, how, how she built all these, this dysfunctionality. And she had a work to do that. That was, that was a work of art. Well, you know, um, I feel kind of like, a little left out because I didn't finish it and I'm only into it um, a little bit more than three hours and I'm, I'm hearing things that I thought might happen later in the book that we might discover but I think one of the things that I like about this book is that 
you keep it, it's kind of like an onion. Like when you peel the onion, you find more and more and more and more stuff. And um, right now, I'm at the place where Beth, Beth is getting interested in, she's got a big crush on um, uh, Meg's partner, Bill. And, um, but then I found out that, I find out now that uh, they've been having an affair, or they're going to have an affair. And, oh, interesting. But, you know, I think there are a, a lot of families where we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And there's a lot of dysfunctionality around. So you never know. Well, I can tell you what. I don't have a sister, never, you know, never had a sister. But I'll tell you, if my sister had ever done anything uh, as what Beth did, you know, that that's total betrayal. And I would have never forgiven her. I don't care if, if uh, uh, my partner and I were married or not. Um... I wouldn't have, well, actually, I wouldn't have forgiven him either. And I don't understand how Meg could have, you know, just said, oh, okay, that's okay, and we're having another baby, and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh-uh. I'm sorry. That, you know, that family blood is thicker than water, but when something like that happens, mm-mm, you are both out of my life. Yeah, I agree. I I guess she and Bill had a brief separation after that, but I don't know why she let him back in her life. It sounds like that Beth isn't even the only affair that he had. The more we discuss this book, I realize how unbelievable the characters are. I mean, they're really not very believable characters. I I don't believe that all these things, I certainly hope that all these dysfunctional things would would be happening in one family and it just seems that the people got worse and worse i don't know if lisa jewell was trying to shock her readers or what but even when it came down to bill having more than one affair um i didn't realize that i I liked bill until you know he got involved with with beth and um it seemed as time went on that that their relationship was souring and and beth made some reference to him uh, uh just you know, being quick and wanting to get things over with and and not being very nice as time went on. So I just wonder if uh, Lisa Jewell was trying to see how much we, we could take or we would believe. Well, Bill was, Bill was a louse. Uh, you know, look at the, and uh, <clears throat> look at the vacation they went to, uh, to Greece. He's laying on his his uh, in his uh, chaise lounge and reading his book and and uh, Megan has to go and and get uh, the kids ice cream and oh by the way could you get me an espresso and he's just oh man and he takes the kids into the pool afterward but you know so what he is such a oh there's a word I want to use but I can't use it in here but anyway he is just he is a just a not nice person. That's all I could, you know. Oh, boy, I wish I could say what I want to. But anyway. I think that was this author's idea of what would sell a book, frankly. And uh, maybe she did. She certainly gave us enough to talk about. 
how we all didn't like it. But <laughs> I talked about what we didn't like. And here's Colin, and, he, and when his wife is going to have this affair with Vicky, he moves to the other half of the house that Vicky used to be in. And I'm assuming that he must be paying the bills, <laughs> really. Yeah, I wondered about Lorelai's finances, too, at some point, because I guess Colin continued to support her even when he moved to the commune or whatever. I must say, though, I used to work in psych, and, and there are families that are this dysfunctional. I didn't find the characters unbelievable. I agree with um, all of you that the ending was a bit contrived, that they just seemed to be able to shrug and put things behind them and try to become a happy family, but... I've definitely used to see people that were this dysfunctional, and usually if one person in the family's screwed up, it certainly has an impact on all of them. I think they said, uh, Joe, that that, uh, Colin somehow had to end Lori's support for some reason. I don't remember if his retirement pension was cut or or he lost it somehow. Well, then anyway, remember, he, he started taking off and going other places. So I remember she had, uh, she'd ran out of money. Yeah, I don't think these characters were unbelievable either. I've known some pretty screwed up people and worked with a few. This was, it was fascinating to me to read and watch all these crazy people and see what was going to happen next and Colin Colin to me was weak because he just he let all this stuff go on and then he took off and went to the commune and after he met with Rory and saw that Rory was tied up with this drug dealer guy and and he took off to the commune and shacked up with what's her name Roy's ex and it was just he was just a very weak character i thought and bill yeah he was he was awful Does anybody have any opinion about Jim, uh, Lori's uh, online pen pal guy? Uh, I, I kind of wish they would have that uh, that uh, Lisa would have in so, somehow included him more. I don't understand quite the the. Well, I I kind of do. Uh, understand why he was there I mean just to give her viewpoint as to well what she thought was going on and and that kind of thing and she expressed her you know told the family history and so on to him uh, but th- does anybody have it well he, well I guess he was sort of a just sort of someone to that she could bounce things off of I suppose but does anybody you know have anything else to, or anything Anybody have anything to say about him? I'm glad you brought him up, Marsha. I was going to mention him, too. I forgot. The thing that struck me about that and what I kept thinking as I read that is that why don't they talk on the phone? 
I mean, she had a phone. Why didn't she call him and talk on the phone? I didn't understand that at all. Obviously, it was a good thing for the novel because that way they could give us all this information. But that, to me, seemed really contrived. I thought if she was really having an online relationship with him at some point, they would have forgot the emails and just been calling each other. Well, since I'm picking on this author anyway, um, can you believe this woman is dying, literally dying, and yet she writes these long, involved email kind of things? I mean, the whole thing was just illogical. I really wasn't sure what to think about him. I I wondered, too, why they didn't just pick up the phone and call each other. Um, but I really... Wasn't he in prison or something when... Or he had a court date or something when she was going to... Because she kept saying she was going to try and go see him, and then she ended up getting sick, which no wonder, she wasn't eating, she was starving herself to death, and her house was just a disaster. Well, they referred to it as prison, but my impression was that he had to spend maybe 60 days, 30 days in jail because of being drunk and disorderly. I I don't think it was any long-term thing. He just was not, sadly, was not available to her during the last couple of weeks in, uh, in her life when she would when she thought that he had deserted her when he wasn't responding to her emails well she was found in a car by the side of the road was she on her way to try to go find him wasn't that the last email she wrote that she was going to go see him yes yeah that was the impression i had too that that she was actually going to go see him and she was on her way to go see him well, I have to give Lisa credit in that um, if a book doesn't appeal to me, I don't, I don't usually stick with it. Um, I had to read enough books when I was in college that I didn't care for that now when I'm reading for my own entertainment, I don't generally stick with a book if for whatever reason I, I don't like it. But her writing style was good, and I have to say that I was curious to know how it all was going to end. So... So it did move along, and and I did stick with it. So that's a compliment to Lisa. But I do have to say that I I took offense at how often she took the name of the Lord in vain, um, using constantly having her characters use Jesus Christ as an epithet. That that bothered me a lot. And for that reason, I don't think I plan to read anything else that that she has written. That occurred to me, too. Um, Couldn't she have found a way to write the story with a little less stuff, a little less language, of that language. That would have been much better, I think. I, yeah, that occurred to me, too. I'm, that didn't impress me at all. I didn't like that. I'm not approved, but there has to be a way to express yourself without using that kind of language. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but gosh. But it, it did. It, it, it kept it coming back because you wanted to see what, what was going to happen next. And it really, really held me, too. Um, I said it was a difficult read, and it was, but... but uh, you know, I had to stick with it because I couldn't find out what was going, on, what was going to happen next. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the language because I thought the language was the sort of language these people would use. Um, and although I don't use that language myself, if it's in a book and it seems like it's the kind of language the characters would use, it doesn't bother me quite as much. I'd be curious to know what you guys would substitute like these characters saying because they wouldn't say like, gosh darn or anything or do you think 
would it help if she just abbreviated something and put, you know, J dash 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 or something like that? Because um, it would be nice if there was a way around having to read that language, but I don't know what that would be. Well, the language didn't bother me, and and, and I I I totally totally agree um, that that's that's how they spoke, and it was a part of the book. I mean, that was just part of their family dialogue. Um, of course, I'm not a language prude anyway. Um, <laughs> I you know, bad words don't bother me. Let me put it that way. But uh, you know, but I've read books where it seems like that the language was just inserted to make um for whatever reason to to uh i don't know impress on the dialogue or to try to you know, probably mostly to uh get attention maybe but uh you know if you did j dash 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 whatever whatever or uh f whatever uh, you know um that would have would have that would have really taken away from the flow of the book. Yeah, I think sometimes people go overboard with that kind of, with their language in real life, in everyday life. I mean, some people just use every other word as a cuss word or something, but the language in this book didn't bother me much. It, like, like Sherry and Marcia said, it was the way they talked, and I think if it had been different, it might have taken away, taken something away from it. But then I'm just used to, even though I don't use it myself and I don't like it, I guess I'm just used to, you know, that's how some people talk, and that's, you have to... Take them where they are. Well, not to belabor the point, I, I simply wanted to make the point that um, it bothered me that that the Lord's name was being used in that way. I know that people talk that way, but I, if you ask what word could have been substituted, well, um, I would have preferred the F word because basically that's the kind of thing they were expressing was pure annoyance, and I just would have preferred that they expressed it uh, without using the name of the Lord, frankly. Donna, you know what? I totally agree with you. In fact, uh, my my late mother-in-law hated the F word, but she used GD all the time. And I, I one time I, 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 I said, you know, how can you not, you know, and, and I know this is, this is not, this is off the point, but how can you uh, hate that word so much and and you continue you know you use the the lord's name in vain and she says well that's just how it is <laughs> and i'm like okay yeah i totally yeah i i see where you're coming from <clears throat> and i agree with that i would rather people use the f word if that's really what they're going to say rather than use the lord's name in vain i i i get that I see what you're saying now. Yep, and I'll, I totally agree with everybody else. Yeah, that's a really excellent point, Don. I would have preferred to see the F word, too. Well, the, the F word was used uh, a few times, actually. And I don't uh, Okay, speaking of language here, I guess the word bloody 
and that was used quite a bit too. And of course, that's a that's a uh, an English word that I guess is used a lot, and I've you know heard it here and there. But for, does anyone know what that actually means? I hear that that is not very nice. Yeah, that's a British swear word. I don't know if it's still considered as bad as it used to be, but I think it came from something to do with women's menstruation or something like that. Okay, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Well, this was a different sort of book, and I don't know that I would read anything else by this author anytime soon, but it was... For having just stumbled on it, <laughs> I thought it was it was pretty good. It held my interest too, and wanted to see what was going to happen next. Oh, I want to say hi to hi to you, Ron. You're the only guy here tonight, and nobody's <laughs> nobody said hi to you. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm glad it isn't all just all of us women. Oh, I said hi to Ron. I always say hi to Ron. Because I always see Ron and a lot of the rooms that we are together. Because we love old-time radio and all that good stuff. Sorry, Joni, I, I didn't hear you say hi to him. But anyway, I'm saying hi to, to you, Ron. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of different. Uh-huh. I, I, was, I was hoping that being the guy here is that I had some company. But that's okay. You guys, you, you people are all right. It's okay. But, uh, and yeah, Joni, we seem to hook up a lot. And that's all good. Um, but yeah, you know that was that was mainly the, the thing that kept me going on the book. I just couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen next because you knew something something strange was going to happen, and it just kept happening. And oh my goodness, I don't think I'd read anything else from her. I don't think I, I, she's got to be dysfunctional too, <laughs> writing like that. But uh, nah, I'm sorry, but I just don't think that that word is, is appropriate. Um, Period. I mean, I just, I just don't. Every other word doesn't have to rhyme with truck. You know, when I tell the truckers whenever I run into them on the radio, every other, every other word doesn't have to rhyme with truck because just because you bribe the Secretary of State for a license to drive one of those things, that doesn't mean it has to rhyme with it. But, oh well. Anyhow, I just, that's just me. Well, does anybody have a suggestion for a book for next month? I have a suggestion. A suggestion. I was not available when um, when the Sunday afternoon group, the group that meets on the third Sunday of the month, discussed "Hello to the Gillespies," and but I did read that uh, because I knew that it was going to be discussed, and I had planned to be there, and then something came up. But I. I went online. I liked that book so much that I went on to Bard, and I found that Bard has. Uh, one other book by the same uh, author. Uh, her last name is, is McInerney, Monica McInerney, and that book is called Upside Down, Inside Out. And uh, Colleen Delaney is the narrator. I've only read the first chapter or so, but it, it sounds like it's going to be really good. Basically what it's about, it's about a young woman who... Uh, an Irish woman. She goes from Ireland to visit her friend in Australia, and uh, she meets a guy, and both she and the guy pretend to be people that they're not. They 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 each pretend to have careers that they don't have, and 
uh, a friend of mine read it uh, uh, when I gave her the, the author's name as a suggestion, and she said it's really funny. So that's my suggestion. If anyone is interested in, in reading it um, on their own, whether we read it for discussion or not, it, it's fine, but the DB number is 70170. I wish you would have been there for that discussion, Donna, because I was the only one that liked the book. No one else liked it. I loved that book, and and I um, was um, glad to see another book of hers on on Bard, and Bookshare has as many of her books, as does Audible. And I, I, I intend to read them all over a period of time. When I find an author I, I like, I, I spread her books out, so I have something to look forward to. Uh, I, too, Sherry, was, was busy, uh, and, but I, when the broadcast, you know, when the discussion went on, but I read the archive, and I was surprised, too, because I like the book, um, I think I I'm not sure, but what I may have recommended or been in the group that did, um, because my only criticism about the, you know, but my recommendation was that the two sisters were pretty kooky um, in their behavior and their ideas. Uh, but other than that, I like the book. But but actually, as as you said. The uh, group pretty much tore that book apart. So uh, I personally, I'd be in, in favor of reading this upside down southern book by her and giving her a chance. Mm, I don't know. It doesn't sound that good to me, but uh, it's up to it's up to everybody else. Hello from the Gillespies is one that's been on my wish list. I just haven't gotten around to reading it, but it's one I want to read. So yeah, I I would like to read this other one. What's it called again? Upside Down, Inside Out, and it seems like it's um, uh, a, a light, you know, a light fun book. I think it'll be maybe uh, a, a nice contrast after having re- read uh, the book we just finished. What's uh, Hello from the Gillespies about, uh, Randy, uh, and, and all the author and stuff? Well, Hello from the Gillespies is the one that World of Books read, and it was about um, a woman who sat down and wrote what she really thought about her family problems and accidentally sent it out as her annual Christmas letter and then the repercussions of that. And, yeah, I, I was like I said, I was the only one that liked the book. I think other people thought it was contrived, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Michelle has read this Inside Out, Upside Down, or whatever it's called, and really liked it. Um, so it's definitely on my list to be read, so I wouldn't mind reading that again, too, or reading that myself but um if you could give us the title again you know that hello from the gillespies when i read the annotation and i saw what it was about i i just laughed and i i put it on my wish list and so i do intend to read it i think i'm gonna go get it in this one again the title is upside down inside out by monica mcinerney and the db number is seven zero one seven zero well, is that what we're going to do? If so, I'll download it and start it. And if I don't like it, I won't. I won't finish it. Seven zero one seven zero. Sounds good to me. I could use a light read. I've been reading a lot of heavy books lately. It seems, and I don't even know why. Just that they're good, and so this sounds like a an interesting one. Something different. 
Well, thanks, Randy, for um, this discussion. It was really interesting, even though all of us didn't like any of the characters. We all seemed to have finished the book anyway because it uh, kept our interest in terms of just wanting to know what happened. Yeah, well, you know, some, I guess you don't have to like all the characters sometimes. I mean, it wasn't my favorite book, uh, Sherry, but, uh, you know, hey, it works. So it worked out. But, yeah, okay, I will download this other book. It, I'm I'm viewing with this book, this next book with, uh, you know, ambivalence, I guess. But, uh, okie dokie, I'll give it a shot. Randy, thank you for convincing me to stay. I wasn't going to, but um, now I'm going to finish the book, and uh, now I can I can see what my feelings are compared to your to you guys, and uh, they're probably the same. Um, uh, but when you get in, when you start a book and you're like three hours into it, and you don't know what's going to happen, and then kind of find out in some ways what's going to happen. Sometimes it's good because in a way you're prepared. Well, I'm babbling, but anyway. Thanks for for having me continue to stay in the room, Randy, and uh, it's been fun. I'm glad you came, Joni, and that you stayed, and I hope we didn't spoil it for you too much. But it's been a great discussion, and thank you all, and Look forward to next time, and thanks for the suggestion, Donna. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you very much, Donna. And I don't recall you being here before. Well, I wasn't here last month, but I'm glad you're, you're here. And uh, I hope you all have a, a good night, and uh, we will see you next month. So, uh, uh, 70170. I'm just repeating it back to myself so I can go over to the uh, Victor Stream and and uh, download it. So anyway, uh, everybody have a good night, and thank you, Randy. Good job as usual. So all, all of you take care. And I will think about joining that uh, that book list that, uh, that Nolan Crab runs. Anyway, good night. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. You too. Thank you, and I'll see you next month. Good night, everybody. <laughs>